0: And I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him one hundred and forty-four thousand having his father's name written on their foreheads. Revelation fourteen, one. Identity. I'm told that us as Westerners, we tend to find our identity. In what we do and what we accomplish. Uh, I'm a plumber or a pastor or a seamstress or a CNA or a farmer. We find our identity in what we do or what we accomplish. We grossed two million this year or I was instrumental in starting this program in the community or I was influential in helping this person find the Lord. Identity in what we do or what we accomplish. Middle Eastern culture is a little different and language in scripture we can see that. They tend to find their, they're more apt to find their identity in in who is their father. Finding identity in who is our father. And as I say that, your minds go in a lot of different places. This morning, I want to talk about being identified with our heavenly father our Creator. And with our elder brother, as Scripture calls it, Jesus Christ. Here there is 144,000 that John saw who were with the Lamb. They were with the Lamb. Now, 144,000, what is is that all who's gonna, who are going to be saved? I don't think so. Scripture says that multitudes of every tribe and kindred and nation, uh, beyond what any man can number, were there worshiping the Father. The revelation is very symbolic. And so I believe these 144,000 symbolizes something. Don't ask me what but I believe it symbolizes something. I don't believe that only 144,000 will be saved. And I'm not like the man in a, in a community I lived in previously. He believed that as it was in the days of Noah, only eight will be saved. And he was one of the eight, praise the Lord. But the problem was he hadn't found any of the other seven. Poor man, he had other problems too. 144,000 represents something. But the point that I want to emphasize this morning is that they were with the Lamb. With the Lamb. And they had the Lamb's father's name on their forehead. That was their identity. And that can be your and my identity, too. Now, just as well as the 144,000 represents something, I think this terminology about having the name on the forehead isn't necessarily literal. It might be. I don't know. But I don't think necessarily. But that was their identity. And it was clear. It was clear that they had their their father's identity. What is your identity? What are you known for? Are you known for what you do? Are you known for what you have accomplished? What are you known by? Where do you, what do you look to for your identity? Where do you go for that? At the end of the day, at the end of time, what really matters? What really matters is that you're a son or a daughter of your father who is in heaven, that his mark of ownership is on you. He's just like his dad. She's just like her mother. That kind of identity that mark of ownership. That it's clear to everyone. It's clear to yourself. And of course, God who knows all things. Will you be standing with the Lamb, having His Father's name on you, His identity on you? Now in the same chapter, chapter 14, there is another identity. Revelation 14, 9, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. There we have another identity. This identity, it says, is on the forehead and on the hand. You don't want this identity. You want to be different. You do not want this identity. You want to be different. And again, here, this is, I believe it's symbolic language. I personally don't expect that people will have a literal branding in their forehead or in their arm. It could be. Uh, I don't know, but I, it's revelations. A lot of things in there are so symbolic. It's like an image of the likeness of something. And, and so I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the point is, you don't want it. You don't want this image. You don't want this marking. You do not want this this, uh, uh, identity. I believe that the forehead is representative of what we think, our thinking, our thought patterns, our mindset. And the hand represents our actions, what we do. And so by our, the way a person thinks and by his lifestyle, his activities, you can tell. You can tell his identity if you compare it with Scripture, if you compare it with the Father and his representation on earth, his Son. You can tell someone's identity. But you do not want to be identified with the world, and the world system. This is not something you want. You want to be identified with your Heavenly Father, your Creator. You want to be different from this. So identifying with Jesus. Identifying with Jesus. We had these scriptures uh, recently. Uh, Let's just read them together uh, out loud. Here we go. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. We skipped a few verses there between uh, verses 34 through 36. But you get the point. Identifying with Jesus whatever the cost. And it begins with confessing him. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. That confession is so important. So important. And it affects our thinking. It affects our actions. But choosing to identify with Jesus, whatever it costs, even if it means forsaking our father and mother or our son or daughter, even if it means forsaking our own will, laying that down, letting it die to follow Jesus in order to have our our one and only loyalty being Jesus, identifying with Jesus. And this scripture says clearly that if you identify with Jesus here on earth, he will identify us with his father. We will have the Father's mark of ownership on us if we, uh, in the last day, at the end of time. We will, Jesus will make sure of that, that we will have the Father's mark of ownership on us because we chose to stand with Jesus here on earth. Then we will stand with him, whether it's the 144,000 or the, the, the multitude that can't be numbered, We will stand with him, having our Father's identity on us. We have the choice today. We are able to choose today. We can start out today, this morning, standing with Jesus. And as was mentioned, we can start out the week by standing with Jesus on Sunday. And then standing with Jesus on Monday and whatever Tuesday brings, we stand with him and identify with him as well in how we think, in how we interpret what happens, in how we relate with people, and all our actions and our lifestyle. Standing with Jesus, whatever it costs. I'm going to read uh, a statement uh, here uh, called I Am a Disciple of Jesus. It's also called the Zimbabwe Covenant. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, and my presence may... Present makes sense, my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sidewalking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame divisions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, <coughs> prosperity, position, promotion, or popularity. I do not have to be right, first, tops, recognized, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, am uplifted by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my guide reliable, my mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not give up, shut up, or let go. I will go on until he comes and work until he stops me. I am a disciple of Jesus. Can you say that this morning? I am a disciple of Jesus. I identify with Jesus. thinking and doing. You want to be different from what you see around you. You want to be different from the worldly influence that you see around you. And even sometimes you find yourself among Christians who are thinking and doing like the world, to whatever extent. You don't want to be like them. You want to be different. You want to be like Jesus. That's what you want. As you are like Jesus... You will bear the image of your father. Crude way of saying it as they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Chip off the old block. He's just like his dad. That's what you want. And you get it by following Jesus. Following Jesus. Identity in the forehead and in the hand, representing our thinking and our doing. Our thoughts and our actions, our mindset, a predetermined mindset and our lifestyle. Romans 12:1 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want you to look at these two verses and think about the mind and the hand, the head and the hand. So, you present your bodies a living sacrifice Performing service. That's that's a mindset. Unto you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, myself. On the altar, a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. I tell you, it's harder to live for Jesus than it is to die for him. A living sacrifice. That's the mindset. And then your reasonable service, that's the action. You serve him because this is only reasonable after all he's done for you and I. It's the head and the hand. And, of course, we have to put our heart into that. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Well, it's very important. How you use your mind. It's very important what you fill your mind with. It's very important what you memorize. It's very important what you dwell on positivity, negativity. God's thoughts, man's thoughts, or your thoughts, or worse, the enemy's thoughts. The renewing of your mind. Train your mind, discipline your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead your mind to, and, and There's so many things that you can do by the renewing of your mind. God bless you. Tony, I'm going to brag on you a little bit. Tony is doing a dopamine fast. He's trying to renew his mind. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. A dopamine fast. If you don't know what that is, study it. Figure it out and go on one. It clears your mind. It helps you think better. It's a great discipline. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why do you want to know what God's perfect will is? So you know what to do. With your hands and your feet and your body that's given to him as a living sacrifice. So there we have it, the head and the hands. You want to be different in your thinking and doing, thoughts, actions, mindset, and lifestyle. All right, Matthew 20, 25 talks about at the end of time when, when the king will bring everyone and he will divide like sheep and goats. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father the father's identity see the father is right in there blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for this is what you did with your hand this is your identity your identity is 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 what you what you did with your hand for I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. So we as Westerners, we, you know our identity in what we do, that's not all wrong. It's just, why do we do what we do? We need to do what we do because our identity is the Father. We're his sons and daughters. 1 Peter 4.1, Therefore, since Christ suffered... For us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind or with this mindset i 'll have to suffer that's part of it. Arm yourself in other words, put it on it 's like putting on an armor or picking up your tools' it's part of the part of the the job. This mindset is part of getting ready to. Uh, to do what you were meant to do. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's the, that's the antidote. That's the antidote uh, for uh, failure. It's if you want to live in victory, if you want to be victorious over sin, arm yourself with this mind. I'm going to have to suffer. Because really, that's what sinning is. Sinning is doing what your flesh wants. And when you say no to the flesh, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. So if you've already had this preset mindset that I'm going to have to suffer to identify with Jesus, then along comes a temptation to sin, you can say no to that, because you've already decided it's worth suffering. It says that clearly. For he who has suffered in the flesh, if he has this mindset sin isn't going to be a problem. Temptation isn't going to be nearly have its pull because you have decided ahead of time, it doesn't matter if it kills me, I'm not going to sin. This is just part of following Jesus. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation or wastefulness, speaking evil of you. So it's saying that people are going to think you're strange. That's okay. That's okay. You want to be strange. You want to be strange. You want to be different. You want your identity to be your Father, not the way the world thinks. 1 Peter 2.4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Chosen and precious. Rejected by men, but chosen by God. God's identity. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, with the Lamb, having the Father's identity. Same chapter, but you are a chosen. Say that word with me. Here we go. Chosen. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Chosen for that. Isn't that awesome? Amen? It is awesome. You want to be different. All right, more on the 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 head and the hands, the thinking and the doing. Philippians 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of thinking, what kind of mindset is this? Verse 7 says that Jesus, what, what kind of mind did Jesus have? He made himself of no reputation. In other words, he humbled himself taking the form of a bondservant, and came in the likeness of man, he lowered his status. He lowered his status. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So what was the mind that was in Christ? It was a mindset of humbling himself. It was a mindset of identifying with a lower status. That was his mindset. But it wasn't just uh, for the point of obedience and uh, getting killed. He humbled himself to the point of death, but death wasn't the point. Resurrection follows death, and exaltation by the Father follows it. So we need to have this mindset that God wants to exalt His children, as every good father does. God wants to exalt His children. We need to have that mindset, but he, we also have to have the mindset that the way He does it is by us humbling ourselves and doing His will, whatever the cost. And if we have that mindset, then He will do with us just Like he did, maybe not exactly, because we're not Jesus Christ, but the same principle. He will then exalt us. He's not going to give us a name above every name, but he will exalt us, just like Jesus. It says, have this mindset. God wants to exalt us as I humble myself, as as I identify with Jesus. He will exalt me in the right time in the right time. That's the mindset we need to have. And, again, uh, the point was to the glory of the Father. It brings so much glory to a father when somebody says, your son is just like you. Somebody tells your son, you sound like your dad. That brings glory to the Father. And that's what Jesus, Jesus was exalted to the glory of the Father, and that's our point. Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's the point. It isn't so, you to, so you're honored. It isn't so you get the credit. But it is so that the, the Father is glorified. So they can say, You're just like your heavenly Father. So what is that? What is like your heavenly Father? Also in Matthew 5. But I say to you, love, bless, do good, pray for. Love, bless, do good, pray for. What? Those who are just your kind? Those who deserve it? Those who uh, you enjoy doing it for? Those who appreciate it? Well, yes, but everybody. Everybody. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And if you're going to do it to those kinds of people, you'll do it to everybody. You can. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be. Sons of your father in heaven. Children, sons and daughters, however you want to say it. This is how you, you get your father's identity. You're kind to all. You're good to all. That you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son, sunshine, rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain... On the just and on the unjust. God is good and merciful to everyone. Everyone. Whether they deserve it or not. And if you want to have your father's identity, you need to be that way too. You need to have that mindset too. You need to have those actions too. Where you're just kind, loving, forgiving, filled with grace toward everyone. Last verse there in the chapter says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amplified says that verse this way. You, therefore, will be perfect, growing in spiritual maturity both in mind and character, head and hand, what you're like in your actions, growing in spiritual maturity both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your lifestyle, your daily life as your heavenly Father is perfect. We sometimes stumble over that perfect thing because we think flawless. But again, look at an apple or a rose. You can have a perfect Green apple is just not quite ripe, but it's a perfect green apple. Or you can have a rose that's just a bud and is growing and opening up and becoming more beautiful. So it's a perfect little bud or a green apple or whatever stage you are. I'm still kind of green, but it's coming. I'm ripening faster than, well, not faster, but anyway. I had more time to ripen than most of you ripen, but anyway. Be perfect. Be perfect. Developing. Growing in spiritual maturity. You want to be different in your thinking, in your doing, in your thoughts and actions, in your mindset and lifestyle. I just made a little list here, how the world thinks and how God thinks. The world says, you define what is right for yourself. But God says, I am the standard of truth. The world says, fight for your rights. Jesus says, commit yourself to Him who judges righteously. The world says, fight what you, for what you think is right. Jesus says, overcome evil with good. The world says, give people what they deserve. God says, give people what they don't deserve. The world says, promote yourself. God says, be the servant of all. The world is concerned about what people think. But we need to ask ourselves a question, what does God say? The world says, I need to surround me with the right people. God says, put your trust in me. The world says, get ahead financially. God says, lay up treasures in heaven. The world says, take care of yourself. God says, be like Jesus, willing to suffer others to save. The world says, go wholeheartedly for what you find fulfilling and satisfying. Satisfying. God says, let Christ be your all. The world values independence and self-sufficiency. But we need to be dependent on Christ and bearing one another's burdens. The world says, stay out of my business. But God says, we need to walk in the light. The world says, don't tell me what to do. But you want to say, "I need your input. We're in this together." The world says, "What can I get out of this?" But you want to say, "What can I give?" And the list goes on. I don't know what what you're seeing or what you what you're seeing around you, and what the world is saying, or what you you find yourself saying that the world is saying. I, I don't know. You you feel this is just a just a short list. But you know where you are. You know what, what you're weighing. You know the options that you are weighing. And you know what you see. You know what you struggle with. And I'm just here to, to encourage you and say, no, you want to be different. You don't want to be like the world. You don't want to have the image of the beast. You don't want to have the thinking and the, the actions, the identity, of, of the beast. Identify in work. You don't, the world says, find your identity in your work and your personal accomplishments. But you want to find your identity in your father. So you can be with the lamb, having his father's name on you. His father's identity on you. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for creating us. Thank you for giving us the desire to be your children, to identify with you. And I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to continue to renew our minds and to allow that to to affect our actions, our lives, and thus be identified with you. Help us to dig into your Word Help us to, to, to research it, to memorize it, to study it, and to meditate on it, to think about how we can be a better follower of Jesus. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus and following Him as a faithful disciple, decidedly following Him regardless of what it costs. God, forgive us for getting so distracted. Forgive us for for uh, waffling on our decision to be a disciple of Jesus. And we just commit ourselves this morning to following you with all our heart, to identifying with Jesus so that he can then identify us as your children at the end of our lives. We commit this message to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.